Secondly, for people who have skills in the following, writing, editing, graphic design, digital marketing, publicity, there is an enormous global audience of authors and small publishers needing help and guidance in all of those fields. And so interesting thing with this growth of self-publishers, people like me in the publishing industry with decades of experience, there are many people hungry for our skills. They want guidance. They're looking for support in order to navigate this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everybody. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Maybe even self-publishing that book. And even if you don't want to write a book, are you aware of the many opportunities that exist worldwide in the book publishing industry. That's just some of what my guest expert, Martha Bullen, longtime book publishing consultant and book coach, will speak with me about on this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. To find out more about Martha, please listen to the episode or check the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Okay, Let's get started. Well, hi, Martha. Welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here today. Well, I'm happy to have you here because I have written a book in my life. I know the challenges of writing a book. I know about the challenges of finding a publisher. And that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. You're an expert on the book publishing industry. And I'm wondering, Martha, if you might start by telling our listeners just a little bit about what got you involved in book publishing in the first place. Sure. You know how often children just are drawn to something they really care about? From day one, almost. As soon as I was aware of books and reading, I loved them. I was sitting <laughs> on a parent's lap having a story read to me. I just couldn't get enough of it. And I honestly feel like the day I learned to read was one of the peak experiences of my life. I was just so excited. Finally, I get to read my own books. <laughs> and we used to walk up the street to the library with my mom. I'd come home with stacks of books. I'm just a huge book person my whole life. So I figured out in early high school, I thought, well, I want to do something with books, obviously. Okay, how about being a librarian? I was always at the library. Sure. But then I volunteered for, and I lasted only a day and a half at the local library because they were having me shelve books. That's all I was doing was shelving. And I thought, uh, oh no, this is not very interesting. And then I thought, well, what else can I do? And I somehow had an aha moment, which has been my career ever since. And that was publishing. I can help bring new books to life. I can be part of that process. And that struck me as where I wanted to spend my time. And I've done it for over 35 years. And it's been an absolute joy. That's phenomenal. You know how you 
figured out fairly early that you like something. And mm -hmm. just quickly about me, I figured out even as a kid that I like to interview people and announce things. What's your focus right now in the book publishing business? Great. So I am the founder and owner of Bullet Publishing Services, and I have helped hundreds of authors and small presses over the years, all kinds of aspects of writing, publishing, marketing, and launching books. So I'm a strategic consultant. I'm a book coach. I guide authors through that process. And what's really fun is how collaborative and creative this work is. So every time I work with a new author, we're working together on figuring out what's the plan, what are the goals, how can we help the author get there? And it is endlessly creative and interesting. In fact, I describe this work as a perennial liberalized education. I am always learning. Yeah, that's one of the great things about what you're doing. By the way, what I find really interesting is the notion of a book coach. We know about lifestyle coaches and we know about athletic coaches. But book coaches, that's one of the things that I found very interesting when I first met you and learned a little bit more about you. You know, Martha, that Looking Forward is in part about trends. Yes. Okay. So from your perspective, how's book publishing evolved over the past several years and what trends are you seeing there now? So many. What's been so fun about this field, as I mentioned, over 30 years in the business, I'm doing similar work in that I'm working with books and authors, but there's innovations all the time. It's been really interesting to see the growth in all kinds of technologies like ebooks didn't exist when I started. Audiobooks didn't exist when I started. There were books on CD that libraries had, but now we have all of these formats. And in addition, there's print-on-demand technology has been huge, a game changer for publishers and authors. And just to quickly explain what that is, what print-on-demand is, for, for those in the business world, they might be aware of just-in-time inventory. The idea is to only stock as much as you need. Print-on-demand in many ways is a similar version for the book publishing industry, and it is a game changer for authors. Probably 15, 20 years ago, if an author wanted to self-publish a book, it, first of all, it was given a, a pejorative name, which was vanity publishing. You know, it was considered yeah. that they were only doing it because they couldn't get a publisher. It wasn't good enough, which is nonsense because there aren't as many opportunities as there are in the traditional world as there are authors who want to be published. But that said, they would have to go to a book printer and probably buy 500 to 1,000 books, maybe more in order to get their unit costs down. And if they did that, there are all these upfront costs. You have to pay for the printing upfront. You need to pay for shipping. You need to pay to have the book stored or take over your basement or a room in your house. And so you have all these fixed costs, even before you're up in business selling books. Whereas with print on demand, these are digital files. And this has been around 20 plus years, but it keeps getting better and better, more pervasive in the industry. And so with these digital files, an author would work with an editor, then a book designer. The end of that whole process, there would be two files. One is a book cover file, which is the front cover, back cover, spy. One is the interior of the file, the whole book laid out. Those two digital files are uploaded to their publishing platform. And then when the author says approved for publication, a book page is created on Amazon that looks like every other publisher's book page. There was no indication that there are no books printed and available. It just says this book is available, you know, ready to order. And if a customer comes along and buys one book, they place an order for one book, a signal is sent to one of 
Amazon's many print-on-demand machines in the U.S. and around the world. It prints one book, it mails it, it sends it out to the person in a day or two. Maybe somebody buys 10 books, same thing. If the author decides she wants 50 copies or 100 copies, they get printed and shipped. And so there is no inventory. There are no shipping costs. There's no storage. So all of that has tremendously reduced startup costs for new authors and publishers and just made it possible for literally millions of authors to take their manuscript, take their book idea, get it in print form and get it published and distributed to readers. Wow, that's a sea change. I can remember when I gained the rights to my book from Prentice Hall, I had to go to a printer and they printed out many copies of my book. The book was 371 pages, probably weighed three times as much when the printer gave it to me. Each copy was very heavy. I carried these big boxes home. I still have some of those books. That's a huge change. So one of the big changes is not just that you can print a book on demand, but perhaps because of that, there are so many more people now who are self-publishing. That's a huge yeah. trend, right? Where people are publishing their own books. It is. And I just looked up to some numbers. Last year, there was an organization in the publishing industry that said 30 to 34% of all ebooks sold in this country are self-published. Wow. And there's 300 million self-published books sold each year. Martha, let me go back to what you were saying. We're talking about trends. Did COVID usher in any trends or changes from your perspective in book publishing? Very much so. Certainly what happened when we first went into lockdown three years ago, there was a massive demand for books. Suddenly everybody was doing online shopping. Amazon was overwhelmed and people were stuck at home for weeks at a time often. And so Netflix went crazy. So did books. People yeah. were really needing entertainment, needing information, needing escapism. And But the interesting thing is Amazon got so overwhelmed in early parts of COVID that they put a lot of what they considered non-essential purchases on the back burner to prioritize like health items that people were buying or masks or drugs or sometimes kitchen things. And so there were longer delays in selling books. And there was a, uh, the American Booksellers Association was, had been working for a while. They had impeccable timing on a new website, which was a competitor to Amazon called bookshop.org, bookshop.org. And that they happened to be lucky enough to launch a couple of months before we all went into lockdown. So when Amazon was having struggling and issues, bookshop.org took off, went crazy. It's doing really well today. And many, many people like to support indie bookstores. And every sale, a small percentage goes to an indie bookstore when you buy from bookshop.org. The other thing that happened during that time is when they were shipping delays, then ebooks and audiobooks got extra juice. Now they've been, it's been a trend for quite a while. But interestingly enough, there are a lot of people when they first became available saying, oh, print books are dead. Why would anybody get a print book? They're going to yeah. want ebooks. Not true. They got to a certain point where they're, depending on the genre, they're a different percentage, but ebooks hit their limit. They stopped growing. And it's because people still, for example, for nonfiction books, people prefer print for different kinds of genres. So print books are alive and well. We describe it as a few thousand year old technology that's doing well. Ebooks are doing fine and they sold nicely during COVID when you could get a book instantly. Oh, and board, I need a new book, zip, goes right to your Kindle or your iPad. But audiobooks have been on this massive growth trend and it's certainly accelerated 
during COVID again. It's entertainment, it's inspiration, it's digital. In fact, audiobooks have experienced double-digit growth for over a decade. These days, the vast majority of people in the U.S. and a good chunk of the world, they have a, a smartphone where they can be reading, they can be listening to podcasts like this one, they can be listening to audiobooks, they can got the world at their fingertips. So all of these trends mean that what I recommend for my clients is we don't just publish a paperback book, which was the original standard or the hardcover book, which I usually, we don't need to publish hardcovers. They're not a popular format. But what we do want to do is publish the paperback and ebook, usually simultaneously, because most people at this stage of the game have a preference. I've got friends in book clubs who will only read on their Kindle. They just like it in that format. And I have others like me who really are print focused. But then audiobooks are really great to offer too, but they're more expensive to produce. Many of my clients do them, but perhaps a little bit later, they might take a few more months to work on the audiobook. Just to clarify, yes, I've been talking a lot about self-publishing and independent publishing yes. because the majority of clients I work with go down that path. But by no means all. And so just to quickly interject, of course, there are other forms of publishing that are still alive and well. Traditional publishing is what most people think of. There's an external publisher. They are very selective. Usually it's difficult to be accepted. If you're lucky enough to get perhaps an agent, get an editor, you know, and have a traditional publisher. Yes, these opportunities exist, but it's a very slow process to try to get an agent, try to get a publisher, go through the traditional publishing method. It's a very competitive market. And particularly for newer authors who don't have a track record and don't have what publishers are always asking for, which is what's your platform? What's your audience? If it's somebody new who's got a good book or a good idea, I really feel most of the time they're better served to go independently. And what happens is that book that I help guide people through that process, that book is actually a way to get their name out there. You know, it's kind of a chicken and egg. How do you have a platform if you haven't written the book yet, or if you haven't published a book? So traditional publishing is an option, but it's not easy to get. Yes. And I experienced that myself, Martha, years ago. I had an agent and one of the things I was competing against there were some sensational murder trials going on at the time, and that's what people were really interested in, and they weren't interested as much in what I was going to write about. Good portrayal of the landscape. You reminded me of the whole Kindle thing. There's a, that whole phenomenon you were alluding to there. The other thing that I won't have you elaborate on, but you basically were speaking to it, is I had read recently that Barnes & Noble was opening 30 new stores, and some of them were in Amazon store locations. Also due to the renewed interest in reading during the pandemic and yes. probably coming out of the pandemic as well. You alluded to something I want to come back to here. It's very important, Martha, that looking forward is globally oriented. Yes. We're not U.S. centric. When you're speaking about these various trends, are these trends occurring throughout most of the world? Obviously not everywhere. People are in different countries and different things are going on. But in a general sense, are these trends happening just about everywhere? And are there any important distinctions that you might make between book publishing in one place, for example, the United States versus other places? It's a great question. What I will say is I could time of year to get articles about forecasts is in January. So I read some interesting forecasts for publishing for the new year, and I saved some of them. This was a really helpful article. Written word media 
is a company that offers ebook ads, which I often use for my clients to launch a new book. And they had some really interesting trends that they discussed. In this case, when you ask me about global, this particular article that talked about the top 10 trends, they said number nine is that independent publishers and authors are focusing on global audience. And they're saying that this trend will continue. Growing an audience globally is something that when we mentioned the print on demand, the digital files, it works really well for this style of publishing because the two publishing platforms I recommend most are KDP, which is owned by Amazon. They set this up to be an easy way for authors to publish and distribute their books on Amazon. And what I always say to my clients is, Amazon.com is just one of many international sites Amazon has. So it's global. When you publish your paperback and your ebook on KDP, it is immediately available in multiple countries throughout the world via Amazon in both paperback and ebook format. And this particular article, Written Word Media, I'm referencing, there was an expert who said Asia, the Middle East, and Latin America are all showing global growth according to the data we see in the published drive platform. So they're saying there's really renewed opportunities in those areas, huge demand. And the really cool thing I like to tell my clients as well, sometimes they ask me, oh, should I have my book translated? And in most cases, I say no. Those of us who speak English, we are very lucky, particularly if we're native speakers. The fact is that almost every country in the world, English is either the primary or the secondary language. So yeah. you can be publishing your authors who live anywhere around the world can use KDP to publish their books. The majority are in English, but you can publish in multiple languages on KDP. But if you're publishing an English language book, it can be sold globally. Many authors don't even think of that. They're surprised when I say, by the way, you're going way beyond the US here. You are going to reach an international audience. And then Ingram Spark is the other platform I wanted to mention. It's also print on demand. It's owned by Ingram, which is North America's biggest book wholesaler by far. When authors publish through Ingram Spark, their book gets put into Ingram's wholesale database where they make it available for thousands of bookstores and libraries to buy, not just in North America, but global. That's fantastic. With this excitement, I wanted to check back with you on what about if I live in Africa or I live in India or some other place, maybe English is or isn't the primary language. And I'm looking for opportunity, which we'll get into more later, but I'm looking at the trends in book publishing. Is the same thing happening over those places in terms of I want to get a book published in the United States and I'm not living there? That's happening too? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I have a client right now in Australia, in Melbourne, and he writes sci-fi mystery stories, very imaginative. And he was recommended to me by another of my clients who writes genre fiction, fantasy fiction. She had encountered him online. He told her about his books. She said, hey, you need to talk to Martha. And I'm helping him launch the paperback versions of his books in the U.S. market. So this cross-cultural, these opportunities, no matter where you are. And a recent client of mine is Danny Slomoff. He's a renowned speaking coach in California who has clients globally. He is really well known and he was very concerned. Martha, can my clients in India buy my books? Can my clients in Israel buy my books? And I did a little looking and I found absolutely no problem. They're all available in those markets. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. 
If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation, and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Martha, Looking Forward has as its primary focus opportunities. Yes. You've been actually touching on that. There's no question about it. You've been talking about the global world that we live in now and book publishing. So what opportunities do you believe book publishing offers to job and career seekers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, small businesses, or investors? So I got an answer for each of those categories. Okay. So for experts, writing a book about their expertise It can be another game changer. We talked about print and demand. Well, so is it if you're a business professional who are very experienced in a particular area of expertise or you have some other interest or skill, having it in book four, getting the book published, your name as a published author, it doesn't matter how many people are publishing these days. There are a lot of them. It still has, it's a huge credibility builder and it opens doors to opportunities to speak to organizations. For many business professionals, it's a way to get in front of corporations that want to hire them to speak or do workshops and often buy a bunch of books for everybody there. And they often get media coverage. So it's a way to really elevate yourself in your profession. That's one way is to write and publish, but a good book, to work with somebody who knows, who publishes it according to publishing standards, best book possible, not just throwing off a book on a weekend, there are people out there that say, write a book in a weekend, publish it. Like, that's not going to achieve your goals. No, do a properly well-written, well-published book. Secondly, for people who have skills in the following, writing, editing, graphic design, digital marketing, publicity, there is an enormous global audience of authors and small publishers needing help and guidance in all of those fields. And so interesting thing with this growth of self-publishers People like me in the publishing industry with decades of experience, there are many people hungry for our skills. They want guidance. They're looking for support in order to navigate this. It really is like a maze. If you're publishing for the first time, it's very complicated endeavor. And I've had clients tell me, I feel like I'm getting another graduate degree. Yeah. It's just there's so much learning involved. So it's having skills in these areas. There is global demand for people who need assistance in each of these areas. And finally, for businesses and investors, independent publishing and tech companies related to publishing, book marketing, audiobooks have sprung up around the world due to the enormous growth in this field. So there are, if you're keeping your eyes open, if you're reading industry news, publications, noticing trends. I like to get Google alerts, by the way. Every day I get a Google alert in publishing and book marketing and finding out, well, what's happening? 
in these trends. Every day, I get some interesting news items about new developments in the field. That can help if you're a business wanting to start in the field or invest. That's a way to keep track of what's happening out there. By the way, reading international newspapers is really important. The reason is we're getting different perspectives. That's great. I alluded to earlier about Barnes & Noble opening 30 news stores years ago, and I'm dating myself in the Philadelphia area where you and I happen to be. Encore Books opened up. And uh, I think his name is David Schlesinger. I'm not positive, but he ended up making a boatload of money because Encore Books really did very well because that was a time when people didn't have Amazon and they went into bookstores and he had discount books and so forth. Is there an opportunity for a retailer to start a bookstore? There is. And I mentioned the American Booksellers Association and bookshop.org earlier. They have been seeing pre-COVID and since COVID a real upsurge in people starting new bookstores. And because there's demand. And one interesting thing about it, you know me, I love books, right? They're about books, but they're about more. They're about building community. And so much people are, a lot of consumers are choosing to buy local because they know the value in that. And to support the community, keep us thriving business district and have a sense of meet friends, meet colleagues. So indie bookstores are serving dual roles. Okay, that's encouraging to know. Martha, you're presenting a very exciting industry right now for lots of different people. And one of the things I like about what you're saying is we're talking about individuals, not just big corporations who can participate in this. As we look into the future, which is part of what Looking Forward also does, what's your best guess as to how book publishing is going to evolve through the rest of this decade? And again, We're talking a lot about self-publishing, but I'd like you to think also about the whole industry. I will. The thing that came to mind that I'm just fascinated by, everyone's talking about is chat GPT, the AI that, that has been making headline news everywhere. And that is going to play an enormous role in where we're going from here. I think it can be used as a major threat to many authors and people in this industry and also a major opportunity. So what many people are worried about, for example, copywriters or book designers, is that AI could write marketing copy in a fraction of a second and they can do it well. So I have a friend who's a copywriter who sent me a week ago. She said, I decided to try ChatGBT and I asked it to write 50 words of marketing copy about an author of a business book and it had delivered it. And she said it to me, I'm like, this is solid. This looks like good copy. Wow. And then she said to it, you know a lot about copywriting. And then it wrote two paragraphs of incredibly clear, succinct explanation of what a good copywriter does and how they do it. Mm. So that's a little scary. There is concern about a lot of job loss in some of these businesses. Meanwhile, there is the other sister to chat GBT. It is for visual art. People could come along and say, make a picture of a penguin playing a tuba standing on its head, but I will immediately create it, drawing on any kind of crazy image you have in mind or any beautiful image you have in mind. You ask it to create it and it draws on millions of pieces of art that it has access to and it creates those images. Does that put book designers and illustrators out of work? And yeah, to me, what's so interesting about this, both for traditional publishers and self-publishers and small presses, we're all in this rapidly growing time. We don't know what's going to happen. This technology is changing constantly. 
So what I love about this field is lifelong learning. It's really important for those of us in the industry not to rest in our laurels, not to be complacent, always keep learning. And I think that differentiation is really important from the marketing end. How are you different? As an author, what do you bring to the table? As a publisher, what does a company bring to the table? And how does what you do cannot be replaced by this technology? What are your skills above and beyond that an AI can offer? I think we all have to look at that. We need to figure out what makes us stand out and how we differentiate ourselves. But it's a combination of this. For example, a lot of publishers are saying, we could use it to, ge- to generate perhaps first drafts or to a starting point, have some part of this business. There's a role to play, but it doesn't mean we just all give up and fire everybody and it's all taken over by machines. I sure as I go not. I think there yeah. has to be a balance here. We need some humans who are providing their expertise and guidance and interacting with these machines. So I'm fascinated to see where, where all this goes. I'm concerned. But I also feel, remember I mentioned with businesses and investors, there are opportunities here too. What's happening in this field where somebody can step in and start a business along those lines? Yeah. It's, there's a lot of possibilities here. So there's opportunities, there's concerns. Martha, you've given me and our listeners, several tips already, that point about how do you differentiate yourself? That's always been a truism in marketing. And certainly when you talk about ChatGBT and AI, it's going to become even more important. I'm wondering if you can give our listeners a couple, three other tips. I'm actually curious about the topics that may be hot in your mind, fiction, nonfiction, but you talk about things that you might suggest to our listeners? Certainly. So just to build on what I mentioned before, for your listeners who would like to start a new business or career or just a side hustle, a little small project, bringing some extra cash, think about the skills and experiences you have that authors or small publishers might need. So do you have a marketing background? Are you a good writer? Are you a social media expert? Can you design websites? If so, authors around the world need those skills. And where do you start? Well, where you and I met, LinkedIn is a great place to start because it is social media site designed for professionals and all sorts of fields. Again, it's global. Make sure your profile is up to date. Offer keywords about the skills you've developed and the services you can offer. There are also countless services out there where freelancers can list as a writer for hire, as a copywriter for hire, a designer. And Upwork.com is one of them. Freelancer.com. Fiverr.com, there are many website clearinghouses where people can list their skills and offer to do business for others. So that's a good starting point. For aspiring authors, I said, begin thinking about a book topic you're qualified to write about and research the marketing competition. Maybe you've got an idea of a skill you have, but I want to caution you, don't write in a vacuum. Find out what other books are out there. What are they titled? What are they missing? Just think about what you can add to the equation. And you asked the question about nonfiction or fiction. Over my career, I've primarily worked with nonfiction authors. From the marketing perspective, they're easier to market because generally speaking, they're offering a skill. They're offering information. They're offering how-to or resources. And so there's a clear benefit involved. Since COVID, I've had more and more fiction authors approach me. I have a fascinating client right now. Sarah Branson had so much fun with. She was a midwife for 30 years. She really went out and delivered hundreds of babies and she got to the point where 
what she really wanted to write. She'd always been an aspiring writer. She decided to start writing this action adventure series with a very strong female lead set 300 years in the future. And she ended up starting with one book. We were introduced together. I helped her get started. Last year, she published three books in the series. Wow. It's the Pirates of New Earth series. The first book is called The Merry Life. They're pirates in the future. They are so much fun to read. And she's about to publish the fourth one. And she's already won a couple of awards. So she's completely reinvented herself. That's one thing I love about this field is how the creative possibilities. You don't have to have been a writer all your life. You can get to midlife and deciding, hey, I have this book idea. I really want to do this. And that's what she did. And a lot of my clients do the same. So I want to encourage anybody who thinks, man, I'd love to write. I'd love to publish, but I don't know. I, I've never done it before. Start. Start writing. Join a writing's group as she did. Connect with people online, other authors. Hire a coach like me if you, if possible. Because you get some extra guidance. But in general, believe you can do it and start. That would be my advice. I love it. I love that story. I love reinvention stories. Sean Grisham is somebody who I think had been a lawyer and he got into writing books. And there are others, of course, too, who have done that. And you alluded to titling. Titling a book is, I know, very important as well. It is. This has been phenomenal. Thank you. What's the best way, Martha, for our listeners to learn more about you, Bull and Publishing Services, and whatever else you'd like them to know about? This is the time. Well, I appreciate it. This has really been fun. I love talking about these things. So they can visit my website, bullenpublishingservices.com. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. As I mentioned, it's a good place to meet other professionals. And I also want to say, for those of you wanting to know more about the publishing world, I have resources on my website that are a really good place to start. And I also have some must-reads, some good books from various aspects of writing, publishing, and marketing. So in general, I just want to say I feel so lucky to have found this field. I know I'm using my skills and my knowledge and experience to help and guide others. I, it's a fantastic experience. And I do offer a complimentary call to prospective clients who might have questions about publishing or, hey, I've got this idea or what about this? Something that I offer via my website for those who just want to learn more. You hear that, everybody? A free call, complimentary, <laughs> free. <laughs> Martha, your enthusiasm just oozes out of you. It's wonderful that somebody can be working in a field for 35 years and still have that same level of enthusiasm. I did want to let everybody know we will have this information about how to reach out to you and your background in the show notes. It's been a joy to have you on. Thank you for sharing your knowledge about book publishing, the opportunities, the trends, the global nature of all of it, where it might be going. Thank you again for being on Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. You're welcome. It's been so much fun. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address, jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.